재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. Generation Now is what we call this little piece of radio real estate. We dive into questions and trends that are being embraced by the up-and-coming generation, whether it's in film, pop culture, or whatever. It's hosted, co-hosted by Nikki Kim. She is the founder of a Korean culture and lifestyle blog called Neon But More. Hi, Nikki. Hello, Kurt. Okay, so last week, you know, we kind of tracked the Sunung and all of these young kids uh, going through one of the most stressful eight-hour periods of their life, Mm -hmm. perhaps 24-hour periods. Um, Then four or five years later comes another stressful period, but it doesn't end so neatly in Mm -hmm. eight hours usually. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It can go on for months and months. This is when they're trying to find their first job. Exactly. So when I saw all those um, kids walking into the Sunung halls like Mm -hmm. all shaking and like hugging their parents I kind of it was like I thought to myself like do they even know like this is just the beginning this is just the beginning beginning. they Uh kind of think like this is the end like the like big milestone which it Mm -hmm. is but actually going to like people they think about you know the importance of going to university but actually the reason why people go to university and, and I mean obviously maybe you want to study but also you want to kind of invest in a brighter future for yourself yes. and get a fantastic job stable income and maybe even a career of your dreams yes. but actually um, there's so many young unemployed people in Korea right now so for example we have so many highly intelligent uh, university graduates. In fact, Korea's university graduation rate is the highest in its OECD. 98% of Koreans graduate from university according to the Korean Herald. And in the UK, in comparison, where I'm from, Mm. 37% of the population graduate from university. So it's a a massive difference. But if you think about it, um, we have so many graduates, but do they all get jobs? Not really. And it's that massive gap of yeah. yes we've done it we've succeeded we've got to we've got great education but where's my job now what? yeah <laughs> and these are kids that did the right stuff i mean they went in they got good scores on their suno okay. they got into top universities including the sky universities mm-hmm. and um they got good grades and all that stuff you know they dotted all of their i's and crossed their t's and here they are uh the job market isn't quite ready for them exactly the way they presumed it would be and i can imagine why korean millennial job seekers are kind of feeling resented by this education, um, like this structure that has trained them relentlessly, um, almost in a very brutal way, like a Spartan style. (laughs) And then in the end, there's no, where's my reward in the end? So um, we have all these um, students going in at university at 19, graduating at 23 if they're lucky, Mm. because a lot of um, students um, take a year off, maybe to travel, do part-time work, work experience, or maybe even 
attend academies. And then even, you know, Korean males, they have to complete the military service. So they might um, take two years out, then return, go back to uni, then graduate later when they're 26 or 27. Sure. And actually, in the end, according to Bloomberg, Korea's unemployment rate is at a six-year high right now with youth unemployment from the ages of 15 to 29 at its highest it's ever been, 12.5%. Okay, and there's all kinds of macro reasons we could potentially discuss, like the rigidity of the labor market and all this, but we really want to drill down into what these generations are experiencing on a Mm -hmm. personal level in Mm -hmm. their life. Mm -hmm. Uh, At one point, I interviewed a young, kind of worried Korean university student, and one of the approaches that they take is simply to stay in school longer, Mm -hmm. even though they could graduate by handing in one more paper or doing one little thing. Because they want the the umbrella, mm-hmm. the title of exactly. a student, mm-hmm. they stick around. Exactly, and it's also um, what's after, f- like what's waiting for them after graduation. There's a small stigma in the Korean work um, world. If you take um, a very long break after graduating, yes. it's a, it's not really great in the job market. They want you, they want fresh people right after uni to go straight into the job market. So if you actually want just a little bit of a break, you need to do it in your university years. Uh-huh. That's why it's so common to take a one-year or six-month break during your um, university period. So actually, I know a lot of people who've been taking two years or three years break. They do one year study, yep. one year break. Another year study, one year break. Because they were so... Um, the child was void of travel and yeah. happiness and leisure. Sure. So they do it, you know, while they can at yeah, uni. Yeah. They were study monsters I before can, the student. I can completely understand. But at the same time, um, I have cousins and um, a guy and a girl and they're 28 to 30 years old and they have just graduated university and they have not started a career of their own yet. So we're on a completely different field. Mm. Yeah. So I guess it's just uh, the big the big difference in the culture. Yeah. And the whole uh, culture of applying for and clinching that job is different here in Korea, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The way that you submit cover letters, resumes, and so forth, the most immediate thing that springs to mind is that it's still mandatory for most employers to submit uh, a photo Mm -hmm. so they can judge your appearance, Mm -hmm. whether explicitly or implicitly. Mm -hmm. And you still, in many cases, have to list who was your father, you know, Mm -hmm. what family connections do you have, Mm -hmm. which strikes me, I think that would be illegal, perhaps, to Mm -hmm. demand that in Mm -hmm. the U.S., but... Yeah, exactly. I think at first, the whole idea of having a photo was simply a very pure form of identification. But obviously, we are humans. We have emotions. If you see somebody who you think looks more like the role, then you're slightly swayed by their appearance. And I actually, while preparing for uh, job hunting in Korea, I took a resume photo in England and I went to a professional photo place and I took like a passport photo and I took that photo with me to Korea and then once I job hunted a bit in Korea a lot of um, people like my, the bosses they said to me why did you use this photo <laughs> like you, you you look so much better in real life why did you use this photo yeah. so I thought oh this is a passport photo I thought it has to it has to be like this like an ID so I went back to a Korean studio and I took a literal a resume photo there's like a resume photo studio uh-huh. and I went there and you know I just wore like a black cardigan and they took my photo and my 
goodness, the two people in those two photos, my British photo and my <laughs> Korean photo, it was like, um, it's like completely different. It's How like so? I had they soften you up and put Photoshop? Parents. Yeah. It's like um, my, in my British photo, I kind of looked a little bit like flat, like they pulled all my face sideways. <laughs> but in my um, Korean photo, it was like, airbrushed they cut down all my my jawline sharp nose big eyes they even photoshopped my hair so i looked like like a celebrity and obviously when i when i clipped this onto my resume i got so many more interviews Uh so really um when it comes to something small your your face really does make a difference even though even though your it does not it's not required in your job and also luckily for me i didn't have to write my uh, family background but i know a lot of people who put write their family background and they actually get a huge leg up because these big corporate Korean titans for example banks or tech companies they want to have an elite reputation in their work um, work environment so they like having children of doctors or professors or children of people who went to the best universities in Korea because it kind of silver spoons yeah we are we are the best company and it's reflected through our people Mm. which makes sense kind Mm. of so you have done a bit of job hunting here in Korea Mm -hmm. Um, um, and once you had the glamorous, airbrushed, photoshopped, big eyes picture on your resume, mm-hmm. you got tons of callbacks. And then I, they saw me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, this? okay. No, don't worry. You, you, uh, you look fine in real life. Don't worry. And um, so did you do some interviews? Yes. Um, actually, after the resume stage, if you're lucky, you get invited over to the company to do an interview. The biggest difference I realized was in the in England, most of the interviews are one-on-one. Uh, I don't know about your experience, but you agree with me. Uh, uh, typically one-on-one, one-on-one yeah. and then when you're in the very final stages, maybe you'll have uh, several people. Exactly. Yeah. So normally it's a couple, like a panel of judges and then you. But yes. in, in the end, it's like you. You're not with another competitor. I see. But in Korea... Um, it all it normally involves a panel of judges and a lineup of interviewees. Uh-huh. So there's normally around five or six, maybe even seven uh, people um, like fighting for this job, like sat down in a row, and the panel of judges asks very generic questions, and everyone has to answer in a row. So you get to hear what everyone else says, you get to see what everyone else looks like, and um, one of my closest dearest friends, I had to console her after a traumatic in, um, incident. She's jumped on right now and she is Korean but she um, um, was educated in Canada and she said that she never really thought gender inequality existed in Korea she said "Mm, I don't really feel it but in that room she was shocked because they would ask uh, very generic questions to everybody and then the very intelligent and you know the the deeper questions they would ask to the males and then for the other women and girls they would ask they would they wouldn't even like even listen and yeah. sometimes they would be drawing or writing or like looking at each other and whispering while she was talking and um, or maybe she, hey do you plan to have children someday exactly. which if they they're asked, damned if they do and yeah. if they don't because if they say yes that could be a liability they, as well they, uh, my friend told me if you go to an interview 100% say that you will not get married and you will not have children <laughs> because God. it gives you an edge it, it makes you more um, attractive yes. no I just eyes. plan to have cats that's exactly. it exactly I'm a cat woman <laughs> <laughs> well there we go so how 
hyper-competition and then lookism with your appearance and your photos and all that, and then sexism. And, by the way, do you come from a family pedigree? All of those things are the challenges facing Generation Now. Nikki, thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you. And we'll be back with Michelle when Koreascape returns in just a moment.